Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Now, welcome to Whole Life Healing, everyone. We appreciate you being here. We value your time and we try to give you a little something to think about this week that maybe you haven't thought about that much before. Uh, a little something to challenge you, uh, maybe in a way that you, you, know, you would think, well, the, the way to do this is this way. Uh, well, that's not always true. And a little something practically to apply to your life that hopefully will make your week just a little bit better and uh, sometimes maybe even the rest of your life a little bit better. So that's what we're trying to do. And, uh, and thank you for being a part of this. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we can uh, better serve you. And this week I'm going to be talking about a way that you can make the right decision virtually every time, even if you don't have all the data. You have a built-in decision maker that's virtually never wrong. But almost no one that I've ever counseled or worked with realizes it and very few use it, but you can. So we're going to talk about that today. I hope that's something that would be of interest to you. Okay, the, the title for this week is Conditioning and Instinct. Dr. Bruce Lipton, a friend of mine, cellular biologist from Stanford Medical School, best-selling author, lectures all over the world these days, has done some incredible original research in the lab, uh, especially on DNA and what controls DNA. And in his wonderful book, The Honeymoon Effect, he talks about that everything boils down to energy, and that's nothing new. Uh, that, that's been around for a long time. That's basically what E equals MC squared means. And most of the scientists, doctors, whatever I know, agree with that. That's kind of old news. But the repercussions of it go much further. If everything boils down to energy, all energy is a vibration. So love is a different vibration than fear. Anger is a different vibration than patience. Most of us learned in elementary school, or especially 6th, 7th grade biology and, and uh, you know, some chemistry, science, that our brain sends signals to the body constantly and it's receiving signals from the body constantly. If the brain receives a fear signal, it turns on stress. If the brain receives a love signal, it turns on um, oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, wonderful things. It gets those signals primarily from 
our memory banks internally, not from externally. Now, the one exception to that, sort of, is if your life is in imminent danger right now, meaning you're on interstate and an 18-wheeler pulls over on you without seeing you and, and, you know, if you don't do the right thing in the next five seconds, good chance you're not going to be around any longer. Well, the unconscious mind bypasses the conscious mind in order to put your foot on the brake or to turn the steering wheel before you even have time to think of it and save your life. And those things are all communicated by signals. Now, with our cell phone, we're used to text signals, right? Everybody texts these days. But now, uh, which I think is kind of fun, we have all these emojis and everything where you don't even text a word, you text a picture. And based on that one picture, you kind of get the idea of what that person is trying to communicate to you. All right, sometimes it's a smiley face, sometimes it's a thumbs up, whatever. Well, the body communicates by, by vibration based on pictures. The pictures are your memories in your unconscious, subconscious, conscious mind, inherited from ancestors. Okay, the, that's the, that's the uh, information on your hard drive. But that information is conveyed to the brain by signal, by vibration. And, and so instead of a thumbs up, it's the vibration of fear. Or instead of a frowny face, it's the vibration, uh, I'm sorry, instead of a smiley face, it's the vibration of love, which is instantly recognized by the brain, the cells, whatever, and they act accordingly. And all, the, all of this can happen in a fraction of a second before you even have time to think, okay? So your body is used to communicating in these kind of ways. Uh, last week, we talked about are you being led in your life by your beliefs or by your conscience? And that is an absolutely critical distinction because your conscience is never wrong. Ever. But your beliefs are, in, in, at least in most people, they are regularly wrong. They're wrong lots of times. Some people would even say they're wrong as much as they're right. And you always do what you believe. No exceptions. And, and you may have conflicting beliefs or multiple beliefs about the same thing, and so you tend to act on whichever one is strongest at the time, and that can be affected by the circumstances and all that. But you always do what you believe, but your conscience is never wrong. So the point we made last week is you have to make sure, you have to clean up your beliefs. You have to change the ones that are in error and will cause you to act and feel and think in error. And then you need to start listening to your conscience. And when your conscience and your beliefs are in harmony with each other, 
That's the winning combination when you're virtually never wrong. Doesn't mean you won't have pain, but you'll be making the right choice time after time after time. Okay? Well, I want today might be considered sort of a part two from that conditioning and instinct. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I've got a really good friend. In fact, we used to get together about once a week to have lunch and pray together and talk about spiritual things and challenge each other and all that. And uh, it's wonderful. And and I enjoyed it thoroughly. And the only reason we stopped is because we were in a situation where we didn't live close enough to each other anymore, but we're planning to continue that as soon as we could. And I'll never forget one day I was uh, struggling over a decision. And he said, well, have you asked Hope about it? And I said, well, yeah, of course I have. And he said, well, what does Hope think you should do? And he said, the reason I'm asking that, he said, in my experience, with women who are living in love, women who are committed to the higher good, women who are not just about money or uh, image or whatever, and he was complimenting Hope, saying he believes she's one of those type of women, and I agree with him. He said, those women really do have an intuition that is never wrong in some cases. And it really struck me. And I came home and I told Hope about that. And I said, okay, so tell me again, what do you think we should do about this and, and why? And she told me. And, and now the why, and this is, this is what kind of challenged my decision, she didn't have a why. In fact, the better why was in the other decision. But she said, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is the way to go. Well, I honored my friend's suggestion. I honored the type of person Hope is. I honored my love for her and did what she felt was the right decision. And it... <laughs> It was an incredible decision. It was, uh, it turned out way, way, way better than any of us could ever imagine, but we didn't know that in advance. And the other choice would have been absolutely terrible. And, and we, because some things did happen in the next couple of years that showed us that would have been an absolute failure. Now, how did she know that? Well, Dr. Lipton, in his book, The Honeymoon Effect, gives all the intricate science about how as long as, our, as, long as our, we are living in love as best we can and we're not being ruled by fear, which basically comes from trauma memories and popsicle memories that act like trauma memories, that that vibration, if we will really be still and quiet and patient, we will feel it. And he gives an example of a guy that uh, he, he just always felt like something was wrong. with wrong, And he didn't want to be around him. Uh, he was upset that he was his neighbor. 
and he felt bad about some of that, but he really had this strong feeling that this guy is all about himself and, and he doesn't care about other people and I should not do business or have anything to do with him. Now, a time came later when the guy was acting really nice to him. I mean, and, and he started to think, boy, this, I, I, I've had this totally wrong. This guy's wonderful. This guy's being so kind. He's going out of his way to help me. He's not wanting anything for it. And he almost sort of kind of repented of, of judging him wrongly. And by the way, this is not about judging. This is about listening. And then, so, so anyway, he did have interaction with the guy and trusted him with stuff that was very valuable to him. Long story short, it was all an act, and the guy ended up ripping him off and uh, moving where he could never find him. And Dr. Lipton made the point that I knew it. I absolutely knew that about this person, but dismissed it because of logic, basically. Well, what we're talking about is way more powerful, way more, way deeper than logic. Now, I'm not saying get rid of logic. I'm saying you need to include in your logic that you have this ability in you. And you need to get it cleaned up, working correctly, and then trust it, which very few people do. Okay, Let, let's move forward and, and uh, give some practical stuff and close this up. Conditioning and instinct. This is amazing to me. Even people with memory loss from injury, like a, like a severe brain trauma, even people with memory loss from injury can learn through conditioning and instinct. They did a study where they took people who had had traumatic brain injury and they had no short-term memory. None. And they put them in a table and they put objects in front of them and told them, that they wanted to pick up certain objects but decide not to pick up other objects and so to just sort of start with one and decide which objects to pick up and which ones not to pick up. Now what the individuals didn't know that some of these objects were electrified so that when they picked them up they would get a shock. What happened with every single person is that they would pick up an object and either get shocked or not get shocked, but eventually they'd get shocked. Okay? Pick up another object, no shock. Pick up another object, shock. I mean, not a terrible shock. Didn't hurt them. Just a little uncomfortable. Well, when the people came back to do it again and had no memory of doing it... For, doing it for the first for the, doing it the first time because they didn't have the, that memory in their brain was destroyed that their ability to form that memory as a conscious memory and then recall it like what I had for lunch they no longer have that ability 
They can't do it about anything. But when they brought the people back, set them in front of the table, the same objects, guess what? They pick up the ones that don't shock and will not pick up the ones that do shock, even though they have no memory to support it. It's instinct. Now, we're not sure all the way, all of the hows of why that works. Maybe some of it is muscle memory, maybe some of it is unconscious memories, maybe some of it is connected to their conscience, which I believe is your love compass, it is your kind of right and wrong detector for almost anything in your life. We don't know. We, we know some things and we suspect other things, but we don't know for sure. All we know for sure is that that happens consistently. People who have no memory will learn through instinct the right choice to make and they'll make it every time without fail. Pretty cool. What I'm suggesting today is that you need to learn to live by that same instinct inside of you that is connected to your conscience, which is never wrong, even though you do have the memories. Now let me uh, disclaim this just a second. It's going to be harder for you than the people with memory loss because they don't have memories saying, oh, that's crazy. I can't know the right choice here when I don't have all the underlying data and information. Okay, they don't have anything saying that. They're just at this table with no memory, certain blocks to pick up and certain ones not to pick up. So they don't have the little voice whispering in their ear this isn't going to work. You can't do this. Well, what I'm telling you today is you absolutely can do it. But you've got to do a couple of things first. You've got to be willing to go against, at certain times and in certain situations, logic. Logic is left brain. Instinct is right brain. Wonderful study done in 1972 by Roger Sperry. He won the Nobel Prize for it. And the, deter and the outcome of that study, which was with um, severe epileptic patients, and he basically saved their life by severing the corpus callosum, connecting left and right brain. And he found that from left brain comes words, comes linear concepts, one plus one equals two, from right brain comes images, but not just images, also meaning, purpose, and making the correct decision in a certain situation. All of that comes through right brain. Logic is left brain, which means it is not really connected to the wisdom part of your brain and heart. The right brain where instinct is 
is absolutely connected to that. So what you have to do, you may have to get out some of the tools, like, like some of our tools, the healing codes, master key, whatever, that can get down in those memories and clean them up so that when you're trying to listen to that still small voice of conscious and instinct, you're not overwhelmed by all the loud noise of your fear-based memories and traumas. Until you do that, it may be virtually impossible. Then you have to make a conscious, intentional decision. You know what? I want to live by my conscience and, and by my instinct that comes from conscience. I don't want to live just by logic. I don't want to live by wrong beliefs that I have because of memories that have lies in them that may not even be mine. They may be hundreds of years old from my ancestry. I want to live in the present moment in truth and love as best I can. And one of the critical factors of how you do that is listening constantly to your conscience and the instinct that comes from conscience. That a significant portion of the time will go against your left brain logic. I also believe that, uh, another reason for doing this is there, there, in my experience, there's tremendous freedom that comes from this because the pressure on you to make the right decision when you're not sure what the right decision is and do it by logic and very and frequently you know the reason you can't decide is there's points on both sides you know you, you've uh, made that line down the middle of the paper and on one side put pros and on another side put cons and there's no clear winner or you've made two sheets, and one of them is pros of this move, one of them is pros of that move, and there's no clear winner. So how do you decide that? The instinct that comes from conscience. After cleaning up some of those wrong beliefs you have that will make it very difficult for you to hear conscience or feel the instinct. Dr. Lipton says that the vibration that is that feeling of like he had of the man who was untrustworthy and then went against it because of his logic that it is basically a feeling and then with the feeling will be a thought like i don't know what it is but i i can't trust that guy something's wrong here but the first thing will be a feeling, and then from the feeling will come the thought. And you typically will not know why. You will just know, I think this is true. Another critical aspect to this, if you try this and you repeatedly say, okay, I feel from my conscience and instinct like I should do this, but... I'm going to do this other thing anyway, because that's what I really want to do. 
then your conscience and instinct is going to become much harder to hear. In other words, if you don't listen to it, then it almost kind of quits talking to you. So you have to make a decision and, and maybe even pray and ask your body, your heart, uh, your unconscious, your conscience, please talk to me. I want to hear from you. And if I hear from you and I feel that vibration that this is what I should do, I will do it. And then you follow through with that. Then your instinct that comes from conscience is going to become easier and easier to hear and feel. And I believe when you get there, there's a tremendous freedom. Because it's like, you know, I don't have to figure all this out. I've got an internal choice maker for me that knows a bunch of stuff that I don't know consciously. And maybe is even connected spiritually to God so that I've got miraculous help in making these choices. And I absolutely believe that's true. So this week, I would ask you to, uh, to pray, to meditate on this, to ask yourself, okay, am I living by left brain or right brain? And, and there's a place for both. They're supposed to work together. But am I making my decisions based on what I want? And maybe those wants come from unhealthy places in memories with anger and fear and low self-worth and trauma in them? Or am I making my decisions based on my conscience and the instinct that comes from that and what I believe is right and good and true in the present moment? Well... Those are two dramatically different ways to live and in my experience have dramatically different results. From one comes health, happiness, usually success, pretty much always success unless you define success as money. And for some people, it, it is absolutely success in money, but for some it's not, like the Mother Teresa's of the world and, and those kind of people. But... One path leads to that. Another path leads to anxiety, stress, health problems. Life is a grind. Waking up in the morning, oh no, another day, okay. Uh, burnout, all that sort of thing. And then if you decide, you know what? I'd like to try this instinct that comes from conscious, my conscience. Do it prayerfully because it's not a half-in, half-out sort of thing. It's not really even a try it for six weeks and see how it goes kind of thing. It's, uh, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to commit to this. I I'm going to start nurturing, valuing, listening to my conscience and the instinct and the feelings and thoughts that come from that rather than just the logic thoughts and emotions from left brain. And I believe if you can and are willing to be all in, everything in your life is going to start to change. I, I've shared this with, um, I don't know how many clients, uh, a good number over the last 20 years or so. And um, 
It's one of the most powerful things I have witnessed as far as making a tangible, pretty quick difference in another person's life for those who had the courage to step out and do it. Because it means giving up, I want. So think about it, pray about it. That's it for me, Johanna. Thank you.